1: Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie?
2: You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked.
1: All right, don't go injuring yourself. Now we'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the
3: world of pro wrestling.
2: Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: NFL Total Access: The podcast is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
5: Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This
6: is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
7: This is the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got three tremendous hours coming up for you as. We've got a lot of college basketball to break down. Got a little bit of reaction from everything that we saw on Wednesday here in segment number one. And then going to be turning it forward to Thursday with a pair of great guests. As we're going to be joined by Justin Perry, who does amazing work over at Shot Quality. It was very nice to see him in studio last week. Along Tom Casali, who does amazing work over at Action Network. We're going to be talking with them about what they've been making in general out of the... uh, Just recent run of overs that we've seen in college basketball over the last few months. The landscape of college basketball, Alabama barely being able to survive in advance. And we've got a nice Thursday card as well, right around 58 or so games. There was one random game on the Big West that got postponed. But that said, still a relatively good slate that we're going to be able to break down in our number one. In hour number two, we're going to be joined by a pair of great gentlemen, and Brad Thomas and Anthony Dabundo, And we're going to be taking a look at some soccer with them. We're going to be breaking down the EPL card. That is going to be a lot of fun. So we're going wide ranging there. And on hour number three, we're going to be joined by Scott Raichel. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He does a lot of their NBA work, and he's always got a few tennis plays for us as well. So we're hitting a little bit of everything. College basketball, we're in soccer, we're in tennis, we're in the NBA. Really the only thing that we're not in tonight on the show is MLB season wins, which there's gonna be plenty of that coming up within the next few weeks. I personally am a little bit more of a game-to-game better. I'm not as much of a futures guy, but certainly that is a market that in future days and future weeks is going to be served. But gotta serve the market of taking a look at these teams of college basketball right now and was very interesting to take a look at the Alabama versus South Carolina game because with everything that did break out, I did have to downgrade Alabama in terms of my handicap from what I initially had with it, with the Brandon Miller ordeal and everything of that nature, and it did put me on the South Carolina side. Didn't think it was going to be quite the sweat that it ended up to be in terms of just straight up, obviously. If you took South Carolina on the spread... You had really no worries throughout the entirety of the night. If you like me, also had the under that was a little bit brutal as the game goes to overtime, but for Alabama, it was the man that was at the center of all the hoopla and all the controversy that pretty much was able to save their bacon in this one. Brandon Miller, 41 on the team, 78 points. Alabama gets a ton in overtime by a count of 78 to 76. And it is why when you see off-court drama, I think is a way of putting it. Obviously, you can use a wide variety of phrases, and I think that it's very important to point out that there was a victim in the ordeal, and they need to be put number one, and we have to have thoughts and prayers to the victim, their family, because that is what is ultimately the most important thing. It's a frugal business. You're trying to take a look at being able to make money, but at the same time, there needs to be humanity that's shown in this ordeal as well, but I do think that with regards to everything that happens in these sorts of cases, it's always one where it's ever one size fits all. Like, I studied a little bit of psychology when I was in college, but if you put 25 different teams, 25 different individuals, what have you, in this situation, you're probably going to get about 25 different results. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. There's no one size fits all with regards to what happens with this. What I thought was very interesting, by the way, Out of Alabama is a team that I deem to be one of the deepest in all of college basketball. Just five bench points in this game. It felt like everyone other than the man that has been in the forefront of all this and Brandon Miller cratered while Brandon Miller actually rose to the occasion where he had a 6 of 13 three-point shooting night. And it is going to be very intriguing to be able to gauge this Alabama team moving forward. And what I think is very important in situations like this is to just try to not make more out of it than what is being reported. Just only go off of what we do know. Don't try to be filling in the blanks because, I mean, if you try to do so, Alabama's next game is going to be on Saturday, and it certainly is something to factor into the handicapping. The one thing that we do know for sure is that Alabama is right now dealing with a lot of, shall we say, controversy, and that is going to be affecting a team, whether there was a lot of involvement from other players in regards to this whether or not there was not a lot at all what we do know is that there is going to be a lot of buzz positive negative indifferent what have you and if you go on social media it is currently just a storm we're going to use that word for it in terms of people on both sides of the ordeal and guess who else is seeing much of this the players because I mean, in this day and age, a lot of players, they are on social media, they have some sort of presence, name, image, and likeness is something that's out there, and typically that causes for guys to be on social media. So, it is something that you do need to be gauging as well, and I do think that it did have an effect on this game. Now, if I take a look away from this, and if I were to try to put myself in an alternate universe where... Everything did not break out. If you had just a normal game where there was no controversy whatsoever in terms of Alabama, do they cover the big giant spread that we saw? I don't think so. Did everything that happened over the last 24, 48 hours have an effect on Alabama? Absolutely, I do think so. I mean, it's why you saw a little bit of a tick down in terms of the number, even though Alabama had pretty much all of their players that you normally see playing out there on the floor. But I do think that... It is just one of those situations where you've got to be taking it case by case. This is not the time to be leaping out in front of itself. Now, if you're taking a look at if you were trying to identify some Alabama futures prior to this all busting out, now would be, probably be a very good time to take a step back, take a look at, okay, what is happening with this, hold off, put keep your money in your accounts for the time being until Things clear up, that's absolutely the right approach to take. And I mean, that's the way that typically the justice system in general in this country is supposed to work. Innocent until proven guilty, but at the same time, if something does pop up, you sort of just make sure that you're not investing in what might be a bad situation. So I always think that that's the most fair and most balanced way to be able to take a look at it. And that's the way that you probably should be taking a look at the Alabama situation, no doubt. A red flag, what we saw in that game against South Carolina. And whether or not we're going to be seeing Brandon Miller in the next game, the game after, that is to be determined. Just, in my opinion, best advice to give is to be uh, watching the newswire, to be taking a look at the actual facts, not trying to come to conclusions yourself with no information as to what is happening with the actual case. And just let the people that are reporting on the situation just give you, the actual good facts and don't try to be filling in the blanks from there. But what we also saw in college basketball with regards to the other top team that was in action, more of just a dump trucking. I mentioned it on the show yesterday. This is a Houston team that against the spread, when they're north of a 10-point favorite, they are just cover machines. And they got it done once again. They dump trucked Tulane, 89-59. to 59. And what I think is interesting about this Houston team is that They've got, arguably, in my opinion, the best defense at all of college basketball. If you look at the metrics itself, it belongs to Tennessee, but this Houston team just mauls you on the glass. This Houston team gets after you on the three point line. And what I think is always interesting with taking a look at these soft light defenses is trying to see does this actually translate year to year? Because one thing that you're going to hear from a lot of college basketball folks, and I am a subscriber to this as well, is that there's a lot of variance when it comes to three point shooting and a lot of three-point shooting defense. is based on the conference that you're in, like with Tennessee. Right now, they're the top three-point shooting defense at all of college basketball. Entering into the week, Alabama's number two. Guess why? The SEC in general just has garbage three-point shooting. So that is going to be able to help you out a little bit more there. Year in and year out, you're going to be finding different conferences have different styles. The SEC in recent years hasn't been as good of a three-point shooting just conference in general. Meanwhile, the American, if you actually take a look at it, north of 62% of games that have been played in the American Athletic Conference have gone over the total, which I find that to be quite intriguing in this ordeal. But with Houston, they just get after it once again. They only shot about 31.5% from three-part range, but they completely two lane down. This was a game where they were able to generate a bunch of turnovers. Houston has so many ways to be able to function on defense, but they know exactly what in the world they are doing with their defense night in and night out, and they were able to do that once again. This is going to be a team as dangerous moving forward. Now, I want to see how this Houston team is going to be looking against, shall we say, teams outside the American, because let's call it what it is. Other than Memphis, you really don't have a bona fide NCAA tournament team in terms of this conference, but no doubt a very good showing there. And then if you took the DK and Asia pick, hey, if you're someone that you uh, back in college played a game with some red solo cups and ping pong balls, you have now went beyond the fire cup and you went around the back for one for the second time in less than two weeks, eight and one in our last nine as you saw Iowa just, lay a complete and utter brick against Wisconsin, a game which they went 3 of 27 from three-point range, and another one of the themes that we've been taking a look at in college basketball all season long. Some of these conferences that have very demonstrative home courts, guess what happened in the Big Ten on Wednesday? You guessed it. There were two home teams, and both home teams covered the spread, and both home teams did so quite easily. Maryland was able to take down Minnesota 88-70. to By the way, misses how you know just how much on steroids these home courts are. Minnesota went 7 of 10 from three-point range and lost by 18 points. How often do you see a team shoot 70% from three and lose by 18 points? Not very often. And then you saw the complete opposite with our good friends, the Iowa Hawkeyes. They got 3 of 28 from three-point range. So the Hawkeyes came up snake eyes, a game that the Wisconsin Badgers very badly needed. They were able to get... And what we always need on this show is some great guests, and we've got a pair of them coming up next. As Anthony, as we've got Justin Perry, who does great work over at Chalk Quality. Best a couple of Tom Casali, who does amazing work at Action Network. They join me next right here on the Great Peterson Experience on VSEN, the Sports Fan Network.
6: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network.
7: If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. And if you become a Veasan Pro subscriber, you get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by Veasan Show hosts, and guests. tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down best bets, brackets, and daily props. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit Veasan.com/slash subscribe today to sign up for just nine dollars and ninety nine cents. That is at Veasan.com/slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson experience on Veasan, the sports betting network. Great to be joined by these two gentlemen as we've got Tom Casale. Who does great work over at Action Network. Likewise for Justin Perry over at Shot Quality Bets. And If you're watching on Visa.com, Tom is wearing a wonderful Minions shirt that always warms my heart whenever he wears it because they should be up for all of the Oscar awards and everything like that. They got completely snubbed from that, so I am feeling very, very salty. But at the very least... It has won over the hearts of myself and Tom Caselli which that is all that matters on this show. And well, let's take a look at just what we're getting in terms of this college basketball landscape. In the next segment, we'll get into more of the bets that we've got for Thursday. But Justin, what have you been making out of the landscape in college basketball? Because it feels like nobody can maintain the number one spot in college basketball. Perhaps Houston is going to be able to for a week. They completely dump truck Tulane, which was very nice to see. But number two, Alabama, Certainly had some hiccups, and as we know, there's a lot going on with Alabama right now, to put it politely. But what have you just made out of this landscape? Because it feels like a more open year than really I could imagine in college basketball.
8: Yeah, it definitely has been a fun one. A lot of jockeying for position in the polls. Alabama just squeaking by tonight. It was It's interesting to see. I'm not sure if they're going to get the biggest penalty in the ratings, but I'm honestly still looking at a team like Purdue that has maybe taken some road losses in a tough conference, but is still looking like the team to beat for me. Uh, I try not to have my position alter week to week. They're still my number one team, team I'm looking at uh, getting good prices on right now. So I don't know. It's going to be an exciting last couple weeks, but it's up for anyone to just have a couple good wins, take that number one spot. I'm not sure if it really means as much as it has in past years.
7: Yep, I agree with you. And Tom, I'm not sure if you play the futures market too much in college basketball. I know that you took out a little bit of a position Creighton very, very early on during the offseason, but have you been sort of taking a look at this and have you fired in on any futures? Because I'm always someone that I always want to see the bracket first before I fire in on any futures, I think that this year, more so than ever, it is so important because with so many evenly matched teams, the right matchup or the wrong matchup can be the difference between a team making a big, giant run in the NCAA tournament or going home even as early as the first week of the tournament.
6: Yeah, before the season started, you know, I hit Creighton big at 100 to 1. I got that number, which I thought was a good number. Now it's probably useless because they're not going to win anything. And I got uh, Baylor at 16 to 1. Those were the two preseason bets I made. Um, I, I don't really like either one of those teams right now, to, to be completely honest with you. In my opinion, if you said. Uh, what's the one team or two? Forget the odds that you you think's going to win it. To me, Houston and UCLA are the two most complete teams. I did just recently take UCLA uh, um, plus twelve hundred, uh, just because I didn't like my other two positions as much. But I agree with you, with what you said. I think we have to really see the brackets. Every time someone asks me about a team, I'm like, well. We got to see where they land. A team like Miami, who I like, if they get in the right bracket, I think they could make a run. But then if they get in a bracket where they got a couple of rugged front lines, maybe they go out early. So I tend to agree with you, Greg. I think this is a year where you have to see where these teams are, because I also think there could be a few first round upsets. Some of these good mid-major teams are experienced and talented. So I think some of the teams that we like might not even be there through the first weekend.
7: Yep, absolutely, and if there's one question that I'm sure the three of us are going to get that we're going to be like, how in the heck am I supposed to answer this is, what's your final four right now? Because it's like, (laughs) uh, if I give you a final four, you might have three of those four teams in the same region, which would make it an impossible final four, but Once we get the bracket out, certainly I'll be able to give a little bit more of an answer there. But Justin, I know that there are a few teams a little bit further down the odds board that you're seeing some value on. Maybe not necessarily teams that you think are going to be able to win the whole thing, but or a few teams that you think do have a little bit of value in terms of the futures market right now. And you like the way that they're playing.
8: Yeah, I mean, I always go back and forth on whether like some of those long shot teams I want to take for the final four or just get a championship ticket and hedge if they start to even get close. Uh, But some of the teams that I'm looking at towards the bottom that you can get some of these better odds on Illinois definitely catches my eye at the moment. I think this team is being pretty severely underrated compared to like the talent level available, like trying to weigh the, the difference between like actual talent versus like market edge if you will and i think you can find a, a pretty high number out there on illinois right now yes yeah, 70 to one maybe even a little higher in some places i think that number is uh pretty generous and illinois definitely some unfinished business could make a deep run you can get them to get to the final four around 20 to 1 24 to 1 is out there i saw so i like that number i think they could uh figure it out. They have some really great playmakers, a champion on their team, of course, already. And then even deeper, I like a team like Iowa whose offense can just come alive to make a run. They also had a kind of a snubbing last year. Of course, Uh, everyone saw them lose that game uh, out of uh, the Big Ten championship win. They could come with some unfinished business. So longer odds, but teams that could very easily, you know, dig into their program's roots and, and make a run.
7: And I always think that it is interesting in taking a look at those teams because when I take a look at teams I think can make a run, I always look to a little bit more of the defensive side of things, and I'll throw this to you as well, Tom. Do you look at a little bit more of a team that they can go out there and they can put up 90 points on any given night, like in Iowa, or do you default a little bit more to a team that they play good, sound defense, like perhaps... Say a St. Mary's. Obviously, the 100 to 1 number that you're getting with Iowa certainly indicates that you're getting a little bit more of a long shot there, and I don't think that there's bad value, but I would rather take a shot a little bit more on a team with a good, proven defensive style, perhaps a unique defensive style, rather than a team that they really do rely upon jump shooting, just because I think that the teams that rely upon jump shooting, they could be able to pull off a win or two in the tournament, but them needing to win four plus games, I think, really becomes a challenge.
6: Yeah, and you mentioned it. Like, it's fun to talk about all these teams that have a chance, but in reality, how many teams are going to win six games? And that's what you got to break it down. And these teams are going to have a bad offensive night. That's why I like a team like UCLA who plays defense, who creates turnovers, because if they're not shooting the ball well, they, they can find other ways to score. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of different things that go into handicapping the tournament. One of the things that I don't love, which you just mentioned, Greg, I don't like a team that depends too much on the three. That's been my one criticism of Alabama all year long. Even in, the, if you look at their four losses where they didn't shoot the three well, they still shoot the three. They averaged 22 threes per game in their four losses, and they shot under 33%. A team like that scares me because they're going to shoot it from deep no matter what. And if they're off one game, I think that trips them up in the tournament.
7: Yep, I agree with you, and it's a big reason why with a team like Xavier as well, I haven't necessarily been able to buy into them too much, and also with the fact that they really don't have a lot of depth as well. That's something that I do take a look at, and Justin, another thing that I think I'm going to be taking a look at once the brackets come out as well is just the level of competition that has been played as well because I take a look at the Big 12, and I think that they're a very clear cut above every other conference in college basketball now. We said that about the Big Ten a few years ago, and we saw the Big Ten just lay a big giant stinker in the 2021 NCAA tournament, but I feel like this Big 12 is completely different. I think that there's a chance that we could see a team that is like 500, sub 500 in the Big 12, make a big run in the NCAA tournament. How much do you take a look at just the level of competition played in a schedule and how that translates to the NCAA tournament? Because I do think that it's pretty meaningful in a lot of cases.
8: Yeah, no, it is. I think that the Big 12 is going to bring a lot of teams that are ready to handle almost any challenge. I, I look at a team like West Virginia that people might be sleeping on a little bit that has been able to hang with some of these bigger teams. It's it's really hard to go on the road in a conference like the Big 12. So I think what you need to do is maybe discount some of their road losses that they have taken. They're a little bit more understandable. You run into this West Virginia team on a neutral court uh, and you're you're a mid-major or even something a team coming from like, Like, again, the Big Ten, maybe even the Pac-12. It's not going to be an easy fight. It's a team I have my eye on, and the bottom of the Big 12 definitely can surprise people, and it would not shock me to see the champion come out of that conference this year.
7: Absolutely, and I'm hoping and praying that we're able to get Texas Tech in the NCAA tournament because with Fardaz Amick, this team has looked completely different. You could tell just what sort of a difference he has been able to make, and we were seeing that actually with a few teams like Nick Smith, being able to help out that Arkansas bunch. These guys that were out of sight, out of mind, perhaps a little bit injured towards the beginning part of the season. I think that these are teams that can present a lot of value. And two men that do present a lot of value. That would be Tom Casale of Action Network along with Justin Perry. who does great work at shot quality bets. We've taken a little bit of a look at the futures and the lay of the land. Currently in college basketball coming up next. We've got a nice card for Thursday. And we're going to dive into some picks with them next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIM, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Seen Hoops Peterson himself on VCN, the sports
8: betting
7: network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen nicotine pouches, which is the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use, or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for. But Zen nicotine pouches, they might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients, and it's completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store that is nearest you at Zinn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com today and a warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Justin Perry. He does great work over at Jot Quality Bets along with Tom Casale. He does great work over at Action Network. And gentlemen, let's settle in and let's take a look at the Thursday card. And how about if we start in the Big Ten? Because... I know that I threw a little bit of shade at the Big Ten, and Justin, you did mention a team in the Big Ten that you feel like might be able to make a run towards the Final Four. So let's dive into this Northwestern versus Illinois game. Illinois finding themselves as a five-point favorite in this spot, no doubt about it. Quite a bit of question mark with T.J. Shannon, whether or not he's going to be able to go, as I checked last year he was still in concussion protocol, so it is still very much a TBD. Where do you stand in terms of this game? Because I do think that with Northwestern, we've got to be given some credence to the way that they have been playing defense, and this is, in my opinion, a team that just isn't that same Northwestern team, and they've really been able to do a good job with everyone playing as a good, cohesive unit.
8: Yeah, Northwestern has definitely been a success story, and, and a team I'm actually very excited about myself, but I think this is a Very interesting matchup for Illinois. I think people probably giving Northwestern a little bit too much credit. Um, You know, they look like they're on this five-game winning streak. But as we do over at Shock Quality, we evaluate those games a little bit separately than what happened on the court. and, And we have a few key losses for Northwestern based on quality of play that weren't really represented in the box score and you know losing on the road to wisconsin and ohio state by our numbers when they actually won on the floor and so what that means that if you replicated the actual shots taken our median score would expect them to have a different result and that can be a big deal in how a market perceives a team and if you're looking at a northwestern team that looks like it's on a five game run and really actually lost you know all three of their away games, most recent away games, based on the quality of the shot. I like them to, again, underperform on the road here in Illinois. I think this is still a pretty tough place to go in and play. Illinois needs a nice win here for standings reasons and also just doesn't want to lose to the local rival in the Big Ten. So I I like Illinois to cover the number. I got four and a half. I think it should be a solid one. I like five still, too, which is out there now.
7: Yep, and we've been seeing right here where I sit at Circa. Literally, as you were talking, the number went from five to five and a half. I'm seeing a six out there as well, so it is a number that is on the move. And, Tom, where do you stand on this game? Because, well, if you like Northwestern, you can actually get now closer to five and a half, but I do think that this is a very intriguing matchup with the Northwestern team that's been solid on defense. But we talk about home court advantages, Illinois has been significantly better with their defense at home as well.
6: Yeah, I think this is a good spot for Illinois. You know, this is one of those games. You know, I've been betting for thirty years. Years ago, I would have looked at this and said, "Wow, you know, Northwestern getting five and a half, six points. Let me jump all over that. I feel like they're going to be a popular bet tomorrow." And I just like the spot for Illinois. You know, Justin pointed out some key points. I think about Northwestern having a little bit, yeah, you know, luck or whatever you want to call it in uh, in some of these games recently. Listen, they're playing well. They're playing well defensively but now they go on the road to a team that's more talented than them that I think they match Illinois matches up really well with Northwestern. As long as they're not turning the ball over, you know, Northwestern can create turnovers. sometime Illinois a little sloppy with the basketball, but if they protect the ball, this, this, I feel like is a double digit win. I feel like the books are almost begging you to bet Northwestern in this spot. Yep.
7: Yeah, I think that it's such an intriguing matchup and, I mean, you just mentioned it. Number is going up and up and up with this one. And how about if we keep with the Big Ten theme and we present to you a team stock that would be likened to Enron. I am talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes. They're between a one and a half to a two point favorite with your total at a 142 and a half. I was seeing this number at one a little bit before, which means that people have actually bet on Ohio State. I might be a schmuck here, but I actually think that there's a little bit of a case for Ohio State in this one, even without Zed Key. Justin, is this a grody, grody favorite that you're willing to take, or are you gonna be just fading Ohio State who has lost, and I'm not even kidding here. 13 out of their last 14 games.
8: Yeah, no, it's, it's not pretty. I think it's probably not as dramatic as that stat makes it out to be in terms of the quality of their play. Uh, we, we do rate a few of those losses to be wins. Uh, most notably a home Northwestern loss, the away Michigan loss recently. So, I guess Ohio State could show up and surprise some people. I'm not really going to be taking that bet. I'd imagine it is the sharper play. It's just going against what the market is feeling, what the conversation nationally is. A lot of people are kind of like, already hanging it up on Ohio State and you know I haven't been betting for 30 years just yet Uh, but I would imagine this is one of those spots where Ohio State could come out and surprise you especially at home Uh, you know they they're starting this home little mini home stand here they they should be trying to you know make some disruption type wins even though their season's gone they don't want to just let Penn State Illinois Maryland come into their building and, and get easy victories
7: Yep, I'm right there with you. I do think that Ohio State's still going to be playing with a little bit of pride, but, man, it's been a really bad season for them. Can this be a little bit of a saving grace, Tom, for the Ohio State Buckeyes, or does a Penn State team that they desperately need this win for their NCAA tournament resume as well get it in the spot?
6: Yeah, you know what my issue with Ohio State is? Like, the three of us, we all use metrics and look at everything, but my problem with Ohio State simply comes down to effort. I haven't seen much of it the last three games. I don't know what's going on there. Sometimes there's, you know, I'm not saying the coach should be fired. I know some people think that, but maybe these players, it's, it's not the right mix. But you go back to the Michigan State game on Super Bowl Sunday, which I thought was a great spot for Ohio State. I mean, I really felt confident in them that day, and they just came out with nothing and they've been blown out the last two games after that. So I think this is a good spot to take Ohio State, but what I've seen lately, I just can't translate it into backing them because I I need to see something from them before I put my money on this team.
7: Nope, yep, I cannot blame you there. It has been an Ohio State team that I mean, they were in the top 25 in this calendar year, and now they've just completely bottomed out. They're 11-16 straight up. Once again, losers of 13 out of their last 14 games. That is relatively dramatic, and it's been pretty dramatic what we've seen with this Gonzaga Bulldogs team as well. I mean, Justin, you were with me in studio last week when we saw Gonzaga hang, what was it, 175 yeah. billion points in the first half against Loyola Marymount, and now they're going to be playing against San Diego. No doubt of the with have spread anywhere between 22.5 and 23 is what you'd have to lay with Gonzaga and if you're looking at San Diego, this is probably not the time to sprinkle on the money line unless if you, know, you hit that just Powerball lottery ticket and you're able to win yourself a private island. But what do you make out of this game? Because now the total has but heightened to a 164 and a half to a 165 and I can't necessarily disagree with the total being set so high.
8: Yeah, it's a it's a big total. I mean, I think it's a little bit closer to like 161. Gonzaga probably sh- will get to 95, though. Uh, you know, I think that's where their lines at. They've done it in back-to-back games. They're just kind of getting into a groove, especially at the end of the year against these uh, teams out there out in the West, where. You know, it's not really much of a competition. I'm not jumping on anything. I think that this is probably a little bit of a tough spot. You're definitely paying to take both of the lines on the overs and laying it with Gonzaga. My numbers are coming in a little bit closer to 20. And like I said, like 161. So I'm not jumping to get on it. I don't think there's value. But at the other end, like, yeah, they they keep doing it. So you have to give it some thought, right?
7: Yep, and I personally did make this spread closer to 21. I agree with you there, and my total is right at 165. So if you're at 164 or less, I've got a little bit of value there, but certainly it is one that we could see it towards the AM because the Gonzaga versus Pepperdine game, that got north of 170. So I would say that if you're looking at it right now, you might be able to get a little bit of a better number in the AM, and Tom any thoughts in terms of this one? Because it's a rather hair harebrained spread, and it's always tough to be able to take a look at these games, in my opinion, because you could see the favorite really take their foot off of the gas towards the back half of the game. At the same time, you could see a situation as well where it just becomes total open gym and nobody cares in the second half if, if it's a blowout.
6: Yeah, and I mean, Gonzaga is always overvalued, right? Because they're Gonzaga, and they're not quite the Zags that they've been. Uh, but I will say this. I'll be interested to see what the line is Saturday when they host St. Mary's. I thought they controlled most of that first meeting, and I kind of like the Zags in that game. I think they get out and transition and give St. Mary's some trouble on Saturday. So because of that reason, too, I think if you want to back the Zags in this game, take the first half. Because if they're up big in the second half, they might start pulling back for Saturday.
7: And that's a good way to be able to take a look at it as well. Might be a little bit of a look at spot where Gonzaga might be up by like 18 in the first half. And then game lines like 21 where you don't get there for the full game. But we've got a full slate of games for this Thursday. And we're going to continue to break them down with Justin Perry and Tom Casale next. Right here on the Great Peterson Experience on sports the Esports know Network.
6: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network.
7: Sports fans, as the football season comes to a close, VetRivs Online Sportsbook is the place to be for basketball and hockey. VetRivs has you covered. With every line on and boost, join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and so much more. Check out VetRivs.com or download the VetRivs app today as... It is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Tom Casale, who does great work over at Action Network, and Justin Perry of Shot Quality Bets, and we've got to talk about the most intriguing line on the board for this Thursday. No, it's not Rutgers, Michigan. No, it's not these ranked teams. We've got a total of 110 involving North Texas and Charlotte, where I sit at circuits down to 109 and a half. Tom... Is there any chance we could take the under? Because the way that I take a look at this is it's sort of like in poker where you've got sort of like a straight opportunity, but you need to hit the turn and you need to hit the river. That's what it feels like in terms of betting this under because you've got so many landmines that you need to just evade. And even if things are going great, if you've got a six point game with a minute left to go, that means late game following in. I just can't bring myself to bet an under on a toll that's this low because there's just so many ways to lose it.
6: Yeah, this this is an interesting one. I think the way you get the under is you're going to need one of those North Texas muggings like we had in the first game, mm-hmm. 67-43 that landed right on 110. And there were two you know, points Te- scored in the final hey. 430 of that game to get that. North, <laughs> North Texas has those games where, where they kind of really, really shut teams down. Uh, it's an interesting game the, the the numbers low here too I know Charlotte's been good at home but I mean North Texas really had their way with them in the first game so yeah I can't go under 110 uh, it, it's hard to bet college basketball for me personally to bet college basketball unders anyway just because of the all the fouling at the end of the games when teams are down 10 12 points in the final minute so yeah uh, good luck if you take that one it's gonna it's probably gonna go right down to the
7: wire. If you have the under in this game, you have some serious stones. And I mean that in the most, in the most endearing way possible, because man, it's really, really bad. And I thought I had, I had moxie when I was taking like unders of 127, 128. You're down to 109 and a half. Justin, is there any chance to be able to take an under in this spot? Because I mean, I just take a look at it. If you want to relate it to the NBA, most NBA totals are north of 110 for a half. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't touch it.
8: Uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I default to the over just because, you know, the there's a shot clock. Uh, is really the the biggest thing here, right? There's a shot clock in this game. There has to be essentially a certain number of possessions cooked into the game, and, and you're basically saying that you still expect this to come in under 110. I would imagine this thing finishes closer to what the shot quality model is projecting, which is around 113 and a 113.5, so that 114 number feels pretty good. Uh, call me crazy, but this this could be like, you know, one of those slap in the face overtime games at like, you know, 48 to 48 and everyone's yelling because, you know, it was a, a beautiful call and then somehow they put up the points in OT. But I guess what's been happening. I mean, we all know the numbers have been absurd. We're seeing about what, like a 55% clip for overs in, since like the first week of January. It's it's pretty crazy. If you've been an over better, you're definitely enjoying the last couple of weeks. Lot of games going to overtime, getting that value on those overs. I I'm definitely not playing the under. This is a scary spot given how things have been looking. Uh, But, you know, that usually, those are the sharpest spots, guys. I mean, come on. Like, when you're scared to put your money down, I feel like normally those are the ones that uh, come out and end up cashing.
7: Yep. This will be, if you take the under in this one and it hits, you've got serious guts and you deserve serious glory. Because, man, (laughs) this is not something that I want any part of. I set my number at 115 personally in terms of my total. So, not that I think either team's coming out here and scoring 80 or anything like that, but boy. Yeah, it's it's rough, man. This is a game that I think is also very fascinating in terms of a totals perspective USC and Colorado. This is a total that, in a lot of places, is right around 140 and a half. I'm seeing a straight 141 out there. Tom, I know that you've got a little bit of a position on this one. Take me through what you're looking at in terms of USC versus Colorado. Yeah, we were
6: talking about this off air, and I was glad to hear that, you know, both you guys had numbers similar to mine, because I thought I was missing something here. I, I make it around 137, and I saw it opened at 141. The first time they played, they went for 129. Uh, yeah, it just feels like this one's a little off to me. You got two teams that, you know, average around 55% of their scoring come from two-point range. They don't shoot a ton of threes. Two, two of the better two-point defenses in college basketball, you know, USC's number two. So I, I don't think you're not going to get a lot of easy points. Neither team goes to the free-throw line a ton. So I think this is going to be a grind-it-out kind of game played in the 50s or 60s. I just don't see both teams hitting 70 here. I think this number goes down overnight. So if you're going to take it, I like the under right now, at that 140 and a half, 141.
7: Yep, I set this total closer to a 139. I agree with you. I do like the under. And with Colorado, biggest thing for me is that they were playing at actually a very, very fast pace out of conference since the calendar turned to 2023. They've been more of a moderate tempo team as well. So that is something that stands out to me. How about if we... Head to my home state of Wisconsin for this one, Justin, as I know you've got a little bit of a play in IPFW versus UW-Milwaukee, better known as Fort Wayne. Total on this game is anywhere between 149 and 150, and we've seen the money coming on Fort Wayne. This is one where it opened in a lot of places, more around a 3.5. Now we're seeing some 2-2.5, two to two and, a half, and at a two, I'm starting to see some value with UW-Milwaukee's. I do think that they get the job done outright, but what are you taking a look at in terms of this game? Because with UW-Milwaukee, it has been a team that has done a good job of group rebounding. Meanwhile, you've got a Fort Wayne team that has been pretty solid with their defense.
8: Yeah, this is going to be a good one, honestly. I'm going to be on the Fort Wayne side here. I'm going to take a little bit of a nudge from the shot quality bets model, which has this as a win for Port Wayne. For Fort Wayne, Port Wayne. I don't even know where I was (laughs) going with that one, guys. But uh, I I do think this is a really interesting play here. Um, Fort Wayne is honestly the better team, in my opinion. I think that they should have a pretty good shot just to get it done outright. So if you're looking for like a plus money value line there to get the winner. I think this is a interesting one. What really stands out to me is that uh, Fort Wayne really limits open three rates. It's not like Milwaukee gets them, but that and free throw rates. So some of the more valuable shots in the game, Purdue Fort Wayne is going to lock you down, and then they do have some of the best spacing in the country, 90th percentile per SQ on offense. And, of course, also, interestingly, you know they are due for a little bit of positive regression on the offense, specifically Finishing at the rim, they've been a little bit subpar. I think we could see that sort of come to fruition here against the Milwaukee team, which is expected to be allowing 7% better uh, finishing at the rim on field goal percentage. So, might be a perfect storm for some of those layups to kind of start falling. And we see a road win after Milwaukee actually won at Fort Wayne. So, could be a little bit of a payback. Type of thing here plus three and a half is the way I took it. I do like the money line as well, though. It should be a tightly contested match.
7: And I do think that this is gonna be a game that's gonna be tight enough for late game following. You've got a Milwaukee team that's in the top 25 in terms of total possessions for game. I also do like the over and then the VSN Pro tip for our number one was talking about this a little bit earlier with the Alabama game Visaon.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these by sport and by show. Have do not have a one size fits all approach. When it comes to these off the court situations affects every team very differently. So always gauge the actual situation on its own merit. And then Tom, when it comes to the college basketball board for Thursday, any other games are really standing out to you, whether it be a team that you're looking to gauge a little bit further and take a look at them more towards their conference tournament, or I bet that you're going to be placing for Thursday.
6: Uh, I'm going to stay in the same conference, the horizon, Uh, a team I, I like right now is Detroit. They're playing pretty well. They've won five out of their last six games. Uh, They're home against a Northern Kentucky team that I think, you know, just hasn't been what a lot of us thought they were going to be coming into the season. They play that slow pace. If Detroit can get out, get some transition baskets, get a lead on them, I think it's going to be hard for Northern Kentucky uh, to come back in that game. I just, I've seen this Detroit team play a couple times over the last week or so, really like the way they're playing. So I think at home, Short number. I like Detroit to get it done.
7: And by the way, as we are doing this live, anyone who laid the points with Boise State and it looks like Justin Barry did, oh, good grief.
8: Shaver missed six straight free throws, guys.
7: Marcus Shaver missed six straight free throws. And they they
8: missed by by two points. Unbelievable. And New Mexico came
7: to three with about three seconds remaining. I am someone who had New Mexico plus six. I am not going to be complaining for the rest of the night here, guys. I will just be like Homer Simpson in the bushes on this one and clearing out. But two men that do a great job of taking a look at college basketball. Tom Casale of Action Network along with Justin. Justin, you deserve some good luck after that one. And we always do appreciate the time. Thank you so much. <laughs> of
8: course. Of course. Thank you, guys.
7: Always great to have those gentlemen aboard. And coming up next, I give you guys my DK Nation pick for this college basketball Thursday right here on the Great Beer Center Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get pro
0: level insights into the sports betting market with VSIN's betting splits. See what people are betting and keep updated on how the market is reacting. Track up to the minute percentage of bets placed on a matchup. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.
4: And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast.
5: Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.